Welcome back to another episode of the Uncharted Podcast. Delighted to bring the CEO of Lucid Chart, Carl Sun, onto the pod- podcast today. Carl, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Robbie and Boya. It's great to be here. Tell us about where you're from. What was it like where you grew up? What were your parents doing? Did you have any siblings? Kind of the origin story. Yeah, thanks for the question. So I grew up in Michigan, um, Detroit area, suburb of Detroit. And the reason we ended up there was because my dad was an engineer and uh, he ended up as an automotive engineer working for one of the big three auto companies, General Motors. And so it was, you know, suburban uh, Detroit. So um, I, I guess I'd say, you know, pretty, I mean, great place to grow up, but but pretty boring, maybe, um, you know, totally flat. You know, I live out in the West now and there's lots of mountains, but but the Midwest is is literally like flat. And so um, and you know, cities that are made up of, um, you know, grids. So like uh, the city I grew up in is called Troy, Michigan. Great place growing up. Uh, I did live for a year when I was younger in China. So my, my parents, um, you know, both uh, emigrated to the U.S. from, well, first they were in mainland China, then they went to Taiwan and uh, went to school in Taiwan and then came to the U.S. later as graduate students. Um, but, you know, there was always this question about um, could they or would they, did they want to move back to China or Taiwan. And so when I was 10 years old, I actually moved to Beijing, China for a year and just went to a local school there. So that was in the early days. This is uh, really shortly after China sort of opened up to the West. And so it was still pretty basic. I mean, you go to China now, you go to Beijing in particular where I lived and um, now there's high rises everywhere, but it was pretty much like farmland and fields. Uh, you know, once you went outside the university where where I live, so that that was a obviously a super interesting and um, impactful year, like in terms of both you know learning a lot of the language and becoming fluent um, in Chinese, but also just seeing um, what a very different um, environment and culture was like. You know, in terms of growing up, like we, you know, they put us up. You know, since we were Americans, they put us up in. The, in the nicest place that they could, they put us, they gave us a two bedroom apartment in a brand new uh, like apartment building that they had uh, created. We we had an instant hot water heater so we could actually take a warm shower. Whereas, you know, most everyone else, like you go to the public, like, you know, bathhouse shower, like, because no one had hot water um, in their apartment. You had running water, you didn't have hot water. And um, they also gave us a refrigerator, which very, very few people had. So I'm Iranian and I moved here from Iran when I was young. You have a really interesting story where your parents were immigrants. Then you had the chance to go to China. And if I'm not mistaken, at Google, you had a stint um, in China as well. What do you think is the biggest misunderstandings that Westerners or Americans have um, from like the people that are in, in China? Like, or what was the most eye-opening, surprising thing for you when you moved there? Whether it's as a kid, time when you were at Google, I'm just really curious to kind of get your perspective there. Wow, that, that that's a great question. Um, different things. I mean, as a kid, I was ten years old, and so I think it was just everything. Everything was so different. Um, but but you know, kids are kids, and so you know, I you know made friends there, just like I you know had friends in school here. And at the end of the day, like you know, kids like you know, I mean, you, you need to go to school, and you know, there are people who like take school more seriously than others, and you know, you 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 want to have fun. You you play soccer, you know, after school, and. And things like that, and um, so you know, it was one of those situations where, like, you know, my brother and I, who's a year and a half older than me, we we really didn't want to go, right? Like, we didn't get want to get plucked out of our very comfortable experience here. It was like, well, we want to do that, and then we got over there, 
um, made friends, got immersed in that. And then a year later, it's like, no, we don't want to go back. You know, we love, we love it here. And so I think that experience um, was what that childhood one was like. I think, you know, the slightly more recent, although it's been 10 plus years, 15 years now since um, I was in China with Google, um, to your point, I think what we, I, I don't know if we misperceive it because I think people read about it is how intense and how hard people there work. Like you hear about the, um, you know, the, 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 uh, you know, the, you know, people working 12 hour days, six days a week. Um, you know, I don't know if it's still like that because I haven't been back in a little while, but it was like that when I was there in 2005, 2006. And I mean, you talk about global competition. I mean, people there work hard and they do that because they want to get ahead. And, um, you know, we're, we're all competing in the global marketplace these days. And uh, let me tell you, like people, and I don't think it's just China, right? And I think it's other places where they're trying to claw or just improve their condition. Like people work super hard. And I think sometimes we, we gripe about what we have to deal with here, but it's nothing like, um, I think, the intensity that you see in some other places. One of the things actually, Carl, that I've Going to try to draw a parallel to here is the entrepreneur community in Salt Lake City. You mentioned how hard the people that you, some of the people that you were working with or got to know through your experience, both studying abroad in China, as well as some of your time at Google, running business development over that part of the world. A lot of respect for just the hours that people put in and the chip on the shoulder and, and the want to succeed. As we've observed Salt Lake City over the past, and I should say Utah more broadly and the like startup ecosystem there. There's something going on. There's something in the water in Salt Lake, so to speak. And there's been a lot of, you know, a lot of kind of unicorns born over the last couple of years. And we've had the opportunity to interview a couple of founders like Dave and Brock Blake and, and, and a couple of other folks. And, you know, I think Lucid's like no exception to this. What have you seen over the past 11 years or so in Salt Lake in terms of so many founders and companies starting that have had so much success? You're right. Like 10, 11 years ago, it was very different. I mean, there were some of the companies that people have heard about, you know, Qualtrics, Pluralsight, um, you know, those companies were around, but they, they, they were very unknown, right? Like, like, you know, Ryan and his, uh, his dad and Ryan Smith and his dad and his brother were, you know, working on things, but no one had really heard of them. You know, uh, Josh James and, and Omniture, you know, they had done that and Adobe had recently acquired them. That was probably the one thing that people could point to. Um, but uh, yeah, it's been just a hotbed of activity. And I think I think the reason is because it has been an entrepreneurial spirit that's always been here. I think tech has obviously been the area that people have seen um, possibilities for doing something interesting and growing. And so I think it's, it's grown by leaps and bounds. And yeah, we're just happy to be a part of that um, and, and hopefully contributing to the success there for the state because, you know, there are a lot of great things about here um, uh, and it's, you know, quality of life. Uh, the outdoors, which which is a big draw for a lot of people, um, either to come here or to stay here, and uh, you know everything from you know housing and uh, you know uh, availability and affordability. Although, although both traffic and housing are getting more challenging as uh, as Utah gets discovered a little bit. I'm going to paraphrase to the listeners re- really quickly your background because I think it's really interesting and you know, uh, to give some context to the question I want to ask. You go become an attorney. At some point, you join Google have a lot of success there um, over a long period of time. And then you jump into entrepreneurship with Lucid. 
Uh, and the question I'm trying to ask, because uh, when you ra- when you were about to start Lucid Carl and go fundraising, um, and this is inspired by Wesley Chan, one of your um, early investors, uh, in terms of his post, I, I have a feeling that a lot of the things you were doing were um, out of the ordinary. Maybe now they're much more common, but scaling the team out of Utah, uh, going after potentially at that time a, a a niche solution that maybe the addressable market wasn't really clear. Um, am I correct that maybe fundraising wasn't the easiest thing as you guys were starting off? Is that it? Yeah, so- yeah, you're definitely right there, Faya. Um, and yeah, a lot of love for Wesley and a few others um, and gratitude for for believing in us. Um, you're right. You, you know, I had, um, you mentioned I'd worked at Google. I had been a lawyer in the Bay Area. And so that was where most of my context had been. And, and, um, you know, I'd moved to Utah, right? And so I, I didn't know a lot of people here. And so when we went fundraising, it was back to that network um, out in California. So this was angels and seed investors. And yeah, you're right. You won't believe the number of people that said, hey, you know, what you're going after with Lucid Chart, um, which my co-founder had built. Um, it's such a small, narrow niche area. Like, like I don't think it's fundable. Like, you're not going to succeed. And th- that that area is actually larger than most people think. But this idea of visual thinking and visual collaboration is huge. And I think people are realizing that now. Um, and so there, yeah, there was a little bit of chip on their shoulders. You know, they said we want to prove people wrong. And and you're right. Like uh, Utah was was pretty sleepy um, back in the day. And so uh, people said, you know you can't succeed there, or at least they said, well, we can't help you there because our networks are here in the Bay Area. And so we'd like you to move to the Bay Area. And there, there were a couple of funds who were interested in um, investing, but they said, you know, one of the requirements would be, you know, we want you to move here. And and Ben and myself, like, you know, from a personal perspective, we were happy where we were um, in Utah. And so that wasn't in the cards. And so, uh, you know, that didn't make sense. In fact, we even sort of got invited um, to to join um, one of the first iterations of Y Combinator when obviously they were big, um, a big uh, platform for 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 uh, kicking you off and, and and helping you succeed. And you know it was a hard decision, but I think we decided that hey, um, you know we're we're going to try to build this here. So so yeah, it was um, it was a little bit of a leap of faith on our part. I think we also saw. The possibilities for being here, and so that's why we decided to do it the way we did. Yeah, and I, I'm just curious if if someone's listening to this and they're going through something similar, right? And I know times are different; uh, people are probably much more welcoming, but people will always have their objections. From your experience, did you find success in trying to convince people out of there and like trying to challenge them a little and try getting them to kind of change their mind, or did you find success in just saying, "Okay, no problem, let's let's move on to the next one"? For the people who were willing to have a discussion. I think I think challenging them and asking, you know, I, I think most investors will tell you that at the end of the day, they they believe and invest in people. And so I think building that relationship and yeah, challenging people and saying, hey, um, I think you've gotten to know me and our team uh, a little bit. And do you believe that we can do this? Because we do. And I think doing that is good. You know, there are other people who like see so many deals. I mean, it's just sort of like a checklist. If you don't check these certain boxes, not going to work. And at that point, I think it's, it's probably better just to, just to move on. But I think the important thing is to faith and conviction in what you're doing. Now, sometimes, you know, entrepreneurs are, are known for being um, optimistic. Like if you weren't, you wouldn't, you couldn't 
be one, right? Um, but you have to temper that with, um, you, you know, reality as well. And just know that, yeah, I'm optimistic because of these things that make sense. And, and so if that's your case, then just, you know, plow your own path and don't feel like you have to veer off because others, you know, want you to change course. We'll be right back after a quick advertisement. It's a new year and you need a fresh start in all parts of your life, even at work. Take your team to the next level, the hiring partner that makes it simple to find candidates with the right skills. That is Indeed. And Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process. Find the talent through time-saving tools like Indeed's Instant Match, Assessment, and Virtual Interviews. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com scale. Offers valid through March 31st. Go to Indeed.com slash scale to claim your $75 job credit before March 31st. That is Indeed.com slash scale. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. You know, it, it seems maybe like you guys were a bit ahead of the curve. Like Lucid, and this is a, obviously an oversimplified version of this, but um, visual collaboration suite, something that almost universally used in companies, especially companies that are doing remote work today. What advice do you have for founders that are building a product and have a clear vision of what the futures look like, the future looks like, but maybe like the future hasn't quite caught up yet, or the marketing hasn't quite caught up yet? What did you learn about staying the course and sort of trusting in the vision along the way? If you have a vision and it is grounded in signals of reality, right? Like it's not just sort of pie in the sky and you have to do some reality checks on yourself. But if, if you, if there are proof points and, and you can see a path to where it's going to be and good reasons for why that will happen, um, then I think you just have to have faith and, and believe in yourself and, 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 and go. And, you know, maybe you set checkpoints for yourself and say, well, these are the things that I believe will happen on a certain time frame. And, and then if those things don't come to happen, then, you know, those are like maybe little signals to yourself to, to check in again and reevaluate because there are lots of great entrepreneurs who like, look, have just been ahead of their time. Right. And, and they, they their, their companies, their ideas weren't successful then, but then, you know, five years later, 10 years later, someone came around with the same idea and was super successful. And so there is a timing element to it. Um, and in our case, I think um, we've just been fortunate because you know we took a step at a time. We we knew with Lucid Chart, Ben had built something that he needed himself and others needed. So so when I met him, he had already signed up several thousand users. He already had some people paying them, and so clearly there was already a market need. Now now that was a much smaller part of the the broad vision that we have now for visual collaboration, but it was something that at the time was ready. Um, and so that's where we leaned in. And over time, um, I think to your point, Robbie, uh, visual collaboration, um, especially over the last year and a half, right, two years with with COVID and, and what's happened, has has really come to the forefront. And so there's a little bit of luck involved. And and certainly, I feel like we've been we've been doing good work for a long time. You know, we've been around for 10, 11 years now. Um, but 
also happen to be at the at the right place at the right time. The answer is just like the perfect transition to my my next question that I wanted to ask, which is most folks I asked before doing this interview in my research, Carl, described you as a people person, very humble, very grounded. Um, so I, it's a two-part question. One, I'm curious, where does that come from? Was that something just naturally maybe from your family or something, or was it a muscle that you had to build over the years? But my more important question, a lot of listeners are leaders or execs or founders. Um, and one of the things I admired about Lucid is that Z folks have now scaled to many hundreds, thousands of uh, individuals around the world. Like some of those values that embody you embody lucid as well. So it kind of trickled down. So I'm curious, how have you made sure that doesn't get lost as you guys continue to scale? The kind of word. I guess, you know, who I am, I mean, I obviously attribute a lot to my upbringing and, and you know, my parents and, and how they raised us and obviously very thankful and grateful for, for them. And so I think, I think they always taught us to, to work hard and, um, you know, don't, don't think that, you know, even if you have some success, don't think that it's all because of you just realize all the things that have gone into that, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of luck, a lot of hard work, um, you know, and, and I think, uh, you know, that's been the case for how we think of, you know, what we've accomplished, like, um, yeah, we've grown a lot, but there's a lot left to do. So, so we're, we're not, uh, we're not getting, uh, we're not getting too, uh, too enamored of what we've done already. Um, on the people side, Listen, I think I learned a great lesson at Google. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough to join Google when it was uh, still pretty small. It was like about 550 people, um, which I didn't think was small at the time, but in retrospect, that was uh, very early. And, you know, at the time, um, there were a lot of search engines. For, for those of you who uh, are listeners who may have been around uh, back in, you know, 2000, 2001, 2002, lots of search engines. Google was just like the next one after AltaVista and after Inktomi and after Lycos and all that. Um, and the thing that really attracted me when I when I went there was like, when, when I went to interview, uh, I was just amazed at the at the quality of the people who were there. And I said, hey, I wanna work with this group of people. And, and so that definitely carried over. And I think we've tried to build that here at Lucid as well, which is just a great team of people who are passionate and excellent at what they do. Also good people who you'd love to spend time with. You know, you're right. As, as it gets larger, it, it gets harder because, um, you know, it gets hard, harder to know everyone or if it's possible to know everyone in the company, at, at least more than superficially. And so it, it has come down, you know, when we were about 75 people, we actually sat down and put down our core values. And, and I think every company talks about, you know, having values and core values. But what we sought to do, and this was like a team of about 15 of us at the time, um, you know, we we looked inward and said, you know, what defines like the company today? And, you know, it's not aspirational. It's not like values we want to have, but it's like, what values do we actually live? And it was that idea of innovation. Like we wanted to always be innovative, not just in building new products, but innovative in how we think about doing things. Like, is there a better way to, to do, you know, support? Is there a better way to, you know, architect the product, et cetera, et cetera, but a better way to like, you know, do our, you know, do our, do our AR and everything like that. So innovation and then ownership, like expecting everyone, wanting everyone to feel like a true owner in the company, but then expecting people to, to own, not just their function. And so, so it was really about documenting those and then conveying those to people as they joined on board to saying, Hey, these are things we really believe in. And um, yeah, I think it does take constant reminder 
a constant checking, but but uh, you know it's worked it's worked fairly well for us so far, and you know we're we're up to you know 800 plus uh, people now, and um, knock on wood, I think I think it's worked well for us so far. I'm grateful for that. Clear humility that <clears throat> and groundedness that it sounds like your parents instilled in you from an early age growing up in Michigan, and and that you've carried with you throughout the years and through the journey is a core part of what you guys do too, and. And it's just been really fun to watch the journey um, for Lucid over the years. Um, you know, before we before we we wrap up here, um, there is one question that we always like to ask our guests, and and I'll, I'll ask you the same one. And the question is, you know, if you were to go back in in a time capsule, maybe to maybe to Boston when you're in undergrad or postgrad, or or maybe even all the way back to Michigan when you were when you were growing up, and give yourself maybe one piece of advice looking back on the journey. What would that advice be? Figure out what it is that you really want, that that really matters to you, and stick to it and try to get doing that as soon as possible. Don't feel like, you know, sometimes I think, and I I was a little bit like this, you know, when I was young, I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. And, you know, I would go back and forth and I'd be influenced by what was it my friends are doing? Like, what kind of jobs or interviews are they going to get? Um, But figure out what it is that drives you. And go after that on like a direct line path. Don't don't feel like, well, I've got to do, I've got to do X before I can do Y, before I can do Z, and then I'll be able to do the thing I really want to do. Right. Like, like figure out what it is and go for it as soon as possible. And and d- d- don't 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 compromise, don't sell yourself short. Awesome advice. And I think that that's that's if I've ever heard of a pitch for our podcast and, and sort of um, charting your own path in life. I think that that's maybe the best piece of advice that, that I, I, I've heard around the theme of our show too. So Carl, I th- can't thank you enough on behalf of Poi and I and all of our, our listeners for coming on board, sharing your story. Um, we're going to put some links to your kind of personal LinkedIn and social media profiles, as well as, uh, as well as Lucid in the show notes. Um, and, uh, and yeah, we hope you have a, a great holiday with your family. Thanks again for coming on. Yeah, thank you, Robbie and Poya. And likewise, uh, happy holidays to you as well. And thanks for uh, thanks for taking the time chat. It's a new year and you need a fresh start in all parts of your life, even at work. Take your team to the next level, the hiring partner that makes it simple to find candidates with the right skills. That is Indeed. And Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process. Find the talent through time-saving tools like Indeed's Instant Match, Assessment, and Virtual Interviews. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com scale. Offers valid through March 31st. Go to Indeed.com slash scale to claim your $75 job credit before March 31st. That is Indeed.com slash scale. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed.